This is Culture Communication and Brand Moments with Shelby Joe Long, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant people on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. Culture Communication and Brand Moments is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board and your host, Shelby Joe Long. Hi, I'm Shelby Joe Long Hammond. Welcome to the podcast interview today. I'm excited to interview a member of Rogue Publishing Partners today, also about his service, but I'm also excited to learn a little bit more of his background and understand how all of these things can come together to create a very fulfilling business. Hmm. So I'm here to introduce David Wolf today. David is in audio production. I'll let him talk about his business and what he does and the comprehensive overview of his business, but then we'll get into the business story and his brand and just so we can learn more about him. So David, introduce yourself to the audience. Hey, Shelby. How are you? Great to be with you today. Thanks for having me on. So um, yes, I am David Wolf. I uh, am the CEO and founder of a company, a little virtual company called Audivita Studios. We are at the core, an audio production company that produces audiobooks and podcasts, sort of two different sides to our business. And um, I come from a long uh, sort of history of producing uh, music for radio, television, and film, and then did a little career veer for a few years when, when I turned 40, which is about uh, 20 minutes ago, and then, uh, and then came back and forged a, a wonderful team of producers, editors, audio editors, um, voice talent, and uh, and of course the people that we serve, the clients or the authors or publishers on the audiobook side. So it's it's uh, that's in the nuts. That's the quick version. The quick version. Nice to you, you have such a great radio voice. I love I love interviewing people with great radio. You voice. know, I'll say, I'll say something about that. It, it took <laughs> some time for me because I was always in the producer producing other people doing singing. Usually, it was usually musical, but I would never used my voice per se. But I got into a, a, because of the nature of the work I did, I had to do some demos and I had to sometimes add my voice. And then I had my own podcast. And that's really how I legged into the podcast production space called Small Biz America. I probably did about 300 episodes between 2005 and, you know, it was early 2005 to 2010. So I learned and I ran it by other people and it started out, I was a little too breathy. And, you know, then gradually I got into, you know, learning how to breathe better. So I'm not, I don't consider myself on-air talent, but I've done a lot of this stuff and I do a few voiceovers for our company as well. So I get by. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's a lot of fun. Uh, Just speaking to, you know, and for those in the background that don't know and that are listening that don't know my background, I teach communication studies. And so I teach speaking and and it's hard to teach charisma, but you have to draw (laughs) out that charisma when you're speaking to right. keep attention of the audience, to create that emotional connection. And I think that's so important in the podcast space to create a space where people feel comfortable and they can show their personalities. And, and yeah. I think that's it. It is a skill and it is an art form because it's all about connecting with the audience. So it's so true. I tell my So we have two different ways we produce audiobooks. One way is we have a casting team and they go out and find professional voiceover talent. And these are actors that are used to working on mic. They know how to do this. Uh, they know how to crawl into a character and really take it on. Uh, but we also 
the other way we do it is that we, we record remotely record authors doing their own read when it's a, typically nonfiction and um, they're the voice of the brand, they're the connectivity. To, so this is exactly what I say. It's not about being an expert voiceover in this instance. It's really more about connecting to the audience with your heart in, a, in, a, in an authentic way. And our producers work with them in real time to help them to help tease that performance out of them because it's sometimes many of us, when we start reading from a manuscript, we go into a different headspace, a different voice, a different tone, different cadence, and it doesn't feel natural and connecting anymore. So that's what our producers help our folks do. That's so great. So important, especially with the, I, I just want to talk about podcasting for a little bit. Cause so sure. if you've been in podcasting space from yeah. the, the early days of it, in 2005, yeah, right. so I know, right. But the podcasting has exploded. Can you just talk about talk about how yeah. that industry has grown and changed and what kind of opportunities that provides for for authors and for business owners that that want to use podcasts as a lead generation that type of thing. So. Yeah, absolutely. So at the core podcasting, I've always felt you know, it started out, I think, a little bit more as a journalistic platform for people because we didn't quite know what it was going to do. When I started podcasting, I had no or ROI or business model at all in my mind. And it was a foolish moment. I was just doing it really as a hobby. But it was business people that I was interviewing. Um, but it was before the, the industry had really matured in terms of dynamic ad insertion, which is one way you can make money. Uh if I were a business consultant, it would have made sense for me to invite CEOs on to directly monetize the guests I was bringing on. So the, the medium has become more sophisticated from the standpoint of being able to monetize it. And also formatically, we're now, whereas then it was an intro, maybe an interview and go, now it's a much more, all kinds of podcasts are, are coming out. Um, for the business podcaster, even there, you can do interesting things like a pull quote in front from the interview, and then the music kicks, and then you turn a corner, and then you surprise the listener with a with a gamification, and then you go. There are things you can do formatically to keep people engaged that we weren't thinking about in the the good old days, right? And so um, there's that. There are a lot more podcast platforms that are available for the consumption and downloading and streaming of content. At the time, it was just Apple, and that was really the only one. Now, you know, you've got Spotify and Stitcher and iHeartRadio and TuneIn and Amazon and Google and YouTube is doing support for podcasts. And, and that's the next phase is that this video thing has opened up. So I think you're using video here. Um, for the longest time, we were producing podcasts without even thinking about the video. It was there, but it wasn't being recorded. Now we can shoot 1080 video remotely. And uh, whether it's through Zoom, we use a different uh, platform called Squadcast, um, which can shoot 1080. And we're using those videos either for Instagram and other types of promotions for our clients, or they're just throwing them on YouTube as they are. Um, so the, the the line between audio podcasting and video podcasting is very much blurred now as well. So those are a few themes that I've observed, um, aside from the fact that there are a lot more podcasts than they were than there were then. Absolutely. So. I don't know what the number is, but I think it's this exorbitant number. It's, I just looked at that. It's about 5.5 million series and some ridiculous number of episodes. I think it's a five and a half million now. I, I hope I'm crazy. right. Somebody that's, will fact check me on that, but yeah. That's it. Well, I, 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 uh, I no fact check here, <laughs> but I <would laughs> you're not going to call I, me out on this, but yeah, it, it's a lot. It's a lot of podcasts. It's a lot of podcasts. 
Yeah, that's interesting for for me as a business owner. I, you know, I'm a business consultant. It's good to have a space. I love talking to people. I think you get to really a real heart of what their brand is and what their story is. And I think that's important emotional connection for clients to make with for for businesses to make with their clients. So I, I like that part about it. But then you can reuse things like you could have your podcast here and on YouTube. So yeah. an opportunity to to multi-use that content and to make it really a significant part of your business. Totally. But, I mean, you can chop longer episodes into small bits and put them on YouTube or, or Instagram or wherever you want to be to tease people into the work you're doing or the, or the episode itself. I'm sorry if I interrupted there. You, no, no, no. You were, in a, you were in a flow. Okay. I I was, but but no, that's absolutely right. You can yeah. cut things up and you can have pieces and, and the actual mm-hmm. production of it, which is what you help people with is- yeah. To, to make it more entertaining other than just a here's a podcast right that yeah i mean we you know we're 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 uh, that's exactly right shelby i mean we we take a lot of care in the music into the design of the intros and the outros sometimes we build in product promotions and sort of you might call them mini commercials as a part of, or maybe better called call to action moments inside the intros and outros for our clients. Sometimes there's a mid roll that we bake into the show so that there's a little, and now we're going to talk about Shelby's business and, you know, you kind of break away and then you come back with the rest of the interview. So there's things we try to do again, this is back to that format thing. Try to you want to take the listener on a journey. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, the, the listening journey, all of that, right. that, that brings me to the, what I was what I was thinking about initially, like with all the that content out there and all of those yeah. options, yeah. How, what I guess, what advice do you have for people to stand out in all that noise and to be the podcast that people want to listen to? Well, you know, that's a secret sauce question, and I wish what? I had. I, I wish I had an easy answer for it. I think it's, you need to be brave. You need to be daring with the format. I think maybe also sometimes with the message. Um, authenticity and connectivity is obviously a part of this and you need to really be self-promoting. You need to, you know, it's not a builder than they were come just like websites were once a day. I mean, once upon a time, I mean, any business you have to drive traffic to you and not be afraid to be proactive about that appearing on other people's shows. um, Some of the things we've already mentioned, like chopping up your show into little videos and sending them out wherever you are on uh, Instagram and other places so that you're in front of the audience, you know, fishing where the fish are. Um, the 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 tipping point part of your question is harder to, to take because, I mean, I haven't created a hit podcast on that massive scale like a Joe Rogan. Or, so I can't really say what that is. And I don't even know that if you were to ask him, he could tell you exactly what, so, yeah. what helped him break out. I think it's somewhat mysterious. But if you roll that back and you're just you're brave and you're authentic and you're real and you're creative with what you're doing, you're, the chances of it breaking through are, are more. Um, the likelihood is greater. Yeah, that's, that's my sense about it. Yeah. Other than so the tactical things off. you can do. Yeah. yeah, lots of things you can do. So talk to me. I know a little bit about your history with music production and all that. Can right. you give us a little right. background to what inspired you to get into this audio space? This is the audio space. So. Um, I have a photo that says, I mean, you're talking about history. This is ancient history, but this is me at six years old at my uncle's wedding, fascinated with a microphone. So I became a drummer and I played a lot of jazz and fusion and rock and roll. I grew up in Chicago. There's a very vibrant music scene there. So I was very much a player of music and I was studying percussion and eventually got interested, or I should say I got a little bit 
um, the drums couldn't contain me, shall we say. So I started to learn how to write music and how to orchestrate and how to film score. And I learned that business. They used to call it, I, maybe they still in the jingle business in Chicago. So we were working on, uh, I got an apprenticeship with one of the kings of jingles in Chicago. And we worked with major ad agencies on campaigns like Marlboro Cigarettes and, uh, and McDonald's and uh, other well-known brands. Uh, when I was in my early 20s and learned the business, everything from how to synchronize music to, to picture, which you know is a pretty uh, it's a nuanced art form, film scoring really, to doing radio and and songwriting and how to write a simple jingle. Back in you know there are certain instances where people actually still sing about products, although that's somewhat dated in its approach. But then also sound design and some of the other elements that go into the more contemporary approaches to doing music for advertising and film. And um, eventually, when I got married in 85, we moved to Dallas, Texas, and formed a company called Cry Wolf Music. Ultimately, I ran that with my wife together. She ran the front office. We had a small in-house staff, and then we were using all the great musicians in the Dallas metro area um, to you know, create. Um, I would write and produce these sessions. So I'd have three or four sessions a, day, uh, a week, rather. And uh, we were doing music for Chuck E. Cheese International, you know, the, the animated restaurant uh, characters in those restaurants. Yeah. I worked on other children's, uh, notably Barney the Dinosaur. I'm sorry, I probably shouldn't say that uh, while I'm uh, in public, but uh, <laughs> we were one of we were one. I was one of the music producers on that show, uh, and uh, we did a lot of work with them in audio and in video. Um, album work, songwriting. That was a real exercise in simplicity. Most of the work we were doing, though, was in commercials. So it was everything from Embassy Suites Hotels to McDonald's to Pepsi to Southwest Airlines. You know, that was the really the zone of where I was. And in that world, I was the creative generator. So it, in other words, it wasn't a scalable business. I had to write the music in order for it, for the business to be viable. And so after I hit 40, I recognized that I needed to kind of explore the business of um, the business of business. And so I transformed from, we closed down the music business somewhat slowly. I did a business turnaround in a completely different industry. Uh, It it wasn't pretty. It took about eight years uh, to get through it. And I ran it for, as the CEO for about that long. And uh, we were a, a commercial bakery. So very different than what I was doing. I was able to apply some of my skills, you know, marketing wise, having been around that world, but this was 30 employees, 24 seven business delivering wholesale and retail. uh, And we did artisan breads and bagels in the, uh, the, uh, um, the greater New Mexican or Albuquerque Santa Fe market. Um, So, so I ran that for eight years and then exited that and sold it to my brother and really wanted to get back to something in the music or audio production domain. And I just started launching into podcasting. Actually, while I was still running that business, I started doing it. And uh, I had this show called Small Business American gradually. So, hey, can you help me with my podcast? And then I got one client. And then so I was doing it all myself up until about five years ago. And then um, I realized that I, I needed help. So I brought in a VA and she is now a partner and COO in the company. Mm-hmm. And from there, we established a department called podcasting part of Audivita. Uh, and then the audiobook side and really structured the business around those two deliverables, now video as well as we've talked about. So, so that's the kind of the quick evolutionary story of me in the business moving from music to now in a role where I'm still orchestrating, but I'm orchestrating people instead of notes. So, right. So still in that creative space, able to be in the, the CEO creator. Absolutely. That's great. Mm-hmm. 
great to learn a little bit about the history. I didn't know about the bakery piece. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a really out there part of it because it's so different than anything. This was a business that had uh, bankrupt. Uh, it was started by a cousin of mine, and it was called Wolf's Bagels. And uh, it blew up. You know, it was a story where the business wasn't survivable uh, for a variety of reasons, which I had to um, engineer around and out of for new loans and new banking and new customers. Yeah. And, you know, I had to read basically bring it up from bankruptcy court from the dead back to, we grew it back to about 1.2 million. So it was still a small business, but I really learned how to, it's a lot about business during that, that, that period. So sure. uh, it was productive for me that way. Well, that's good. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. And you circled around and came back to right. your passion. So, and now yeah, you know, yeah, really, have yeah. a decent, pretty decent business out of it. So what, yeah, we, yeah. Very satisfying. Go ahead. You had a question. I was going to ask what percentage of your business is more of the audiobooks and podcasts. Is there a breakdown of that? Yeah, yeah. The the breakdown tends to be two-thirds audiobooks and one-third podcasting. And this is, I'll say all of that. It's a changing, undulating, dynamic market. Everything yeah. is moving very quickly, certainly with podcasting, but also in the publishing and audiobook uh, markets. You've got companies buying companies that are buying networks that are, I mean, the distribution models are changing very quickly. Um, there's a commoditization happening with podcasting and maybe to some extent audiobooks, but to a lesser degree where you can get podcast DIY and go out to name your platform and do it yourself. It may or may not be necessary to hire a company like ours that does sort of what I'll call up level, a little bit more yeah. broadcast quality. Um, you can still get your message out in a really raw way. And some people really dig that. So that, so there's no certainty. As much as you'd like to say this is a durable business that may go on forever, there is always a corner that's going to turn or something that's going to change AI. Some of the voice generation with AI is absolutely phenomenal. It you can If you're trained or maybe even not so trained, you can hear that there are patterns in it and it's not exactly a human. It's a little too perfect, blah, blah, blah. But it's really, really good. And like, if you've been watching the news with deep fake videos of Tom Cruise and this and that, the same is happening in audio where they can clone a voice and it sounds really, really good. And so how does that impact talent in this market? How does that impact us as a production company that coaches people reading? Now you just take the script and go zing and throw it in and then the computer spits it out and then you got to dial it in a little bit. But I mean, that's a rep, that is like, horse and carriage going to Henry Ford kind of a thing. Right. Yeah. And so I, I remain health, healthily paranoid if there's such a thing. I understandably so. And things change so quickly. So, but I, I don't know. I don't think there's anything that can replace that authenticity though. Yeah. We used to have these conversations as a drummer originally about the drum machines. You know, the drummers would sit around and say, oh, yeah. you know, I don't think I'll ever get a gig again. You know, and it never happened because it's, it's not the same. So Exactly. Yeah. Doesn't replace the real thing. So I think there's, I think a lot of businesses are going through that, particularly post pandemic when they're they're recreating the human experience and that's becoming a a skill and an art form that they need to rehab in their business. And I think that's going to be the differentiator. Oh yeah. It's like, Oh, remember what it's like to actually shake someone's hand and not wear a mask and be in a room and actually have, you know, the vibe. Um, we're all living. I mean, I roll from Z. So do you all, but we roll from zoom to zoom every day now. And so to a certain extent, this has become now integrated, you know, into everything. And then when you go somewhere, it's like a big deal. If you can get there without losing your luggage, that is. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) Right. 
So talk to me a little bit about the audiobooks trajectory. Yeah. Have, yeah, have yeah, you yeah. seen an, a massive increase in that? Because I, yes, I, you know, I am I have a subscription to Audible, so like I, I yep. listen to a lot of audiobooks. I'm sure it's yep. been similar to that. And now with my own book, my own yeah. book coming out in the next couple of weeks, and I'm, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm going to do an audiobook for sure. So beautiful. So the thing about all of this is audio consumption has been growing because I think there are a few things driving it. One is an actual or perceived scarcity of time. Mm -hmm. That's part of it. People just don't feel like they have time to sit and read. They'd rather be multitasking, driving, walking the dog, whatever, doing something while they consume the content. And a whole new market in audiobooks has been um, unlocked uh, for authors where their book wouldn't have been consumed unless it was available as audio. And this is a little bit of my spiel when I talk to people that are considering audio, the argument to do it. Um, but it's also on the podcast side. Audio cons consumption is up because people want to do more than one thing at a time, which is, I don't know if it's good news or bad news, but it's a behavioral shift that is undeniably happening. And we're lowly folks like me that produce and, and write are, are leaning into it. Um, the other thing is that people process information differently. And I think there are people out there that don't read as well as they listen or don't listen as well as they read. And um, there are different advantages to both ways of consuming uh, content. And so the thought is now give it to folks on the consumer side in as many ways as possible. And let it's kind of that Burger King line, have it your way, let them decide how they want to do it. So constantly, right. if, you're, if you're promoting the audiobook, you're also promoting your print and your ebook too. So it's really just this, this platform of content that's available in different ways yeah. for a broader reach. But it is totally exploding, no question. Yeah, it's 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 crazy, and it's great to have all that information. But then the the question for all marketers is, how do I make my stuff stand out? So that's uh, which is the million. It's the question, question we get asked all the time, and you know, <laughs> yeah. it's the one that we say, well, we've got these partners that are in the you know the social media space that really specialize in that in a way that we don't. Although we can produce some of the assets, they'll help you program it. You know, right. pro operationalize that in a scheduled way. We've da we've dabbled in that, but we recognize that we're better off staying in our in our lane and producing yeah. the content rather than you know dealing with those mechanics. Um, but there are businesses out there that do nothing but help you help the author, help the podcaster get found. Uh, it's not easy. No, it's it's challenging, challenging for authors, for businesses, for everybody. So there's and it's there's no one answer to how you can do it. So there's. No. A lot of different ways. Yeah, Shelby, well, that's true. David, how can how can our audience find you? So easiest way is um, www.audivita.com. That's A-U-D-I-V-I-T-A.com. The website's there. That gives you kind of a, there's a contact page. You can also send me an email at D-W-O-L-F, D-Wolf at audivita.com. And um, that's those are the two ways to reach me. I'm on LinkedIn constantly. We do a lot of work there, just you know, certainly to find new folks that we want to work with and that are a good fit for us. So you can find me there as well. That's how we met on LinkedIn. So, I know, isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's crazy. And now, uh, exciting to say, I'll make sure all of your links and all of your contact information is in the YouTube channel. Thank but you. I'm excited you. that you're part of Rogue Publishing Partners. I think yes. for your business provides is tremendous. It's a tremendous resource for authors that publish their books. 
You yep. and I are going to be talking very soon about my book. So it just seems like a very nice move forward. For no, everybody. I'm already seeing, you know, the benefits of being part of the Rogue uh, Publishing Partners um, infrastructure uh, in the way of, you know, people are needing what we do and it's wonderful. And then I try to, you know, at the meetings we have, and, and I really try to contribute in ways that I hope will help whoever's on the call. So it's been a nice energy exchange, let's say. It it has been, and it will just continue to grow and be an important, yeah. really very important resource for independent authors that yeah, don't yeah. know what the solutions are, but we can help bring them the solution. Yeah. And I'm excited that you're part of that structure because there's multiple ways to stand out in this business and that the more access we have and the more we can know about those things, then it, the better it is for the clients. So Exactly. Yeah. Well, David, any final thoughts before we leave today? No, I just, I'm grateful for being here. And I love talking about the work we do. Uh, maybe to a lesser degree, I love talking about my history, but but it's there and it, and it helps bring, like all of us, we all have a story that led us, these micro decisions that lead us to where we are now. So they're always fascinating stories to listen to. And and I guess uh, it gets me kind of back in touch with, oh, that's what I do. You know, it's, it's so it's yeah. fun. And I, and so I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity to, to talk about what we do. And I hope that um, folks can, come away with something that was beneficial for them at whatever level uh, that is. Absolutely. Well, I think you, I delightful to hear some of your story and your background you. and your, and music background and all that. And also yeah. great to hear about where the business is and where it's going and what solutions you can provide for authors. So I Thanks, thank Shelby. you again for coming on the podcast and I look forward to speaking with the audience next time when we talk to another professional that has created a business out of their expertise to provide solutions to you business. Talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to Culture, Communication, and Brand Moments with your host, Shelby Joe Long. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we will see you on the next episode.